This episode is brought to you by Castor and Pollux, maker of America's number one organic pet food, Organics. Look for their newest line, Pristine, the only complete line of pet food made with responsibly sourced ingredients. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org pets. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. This is Cynthia Cherish Malloran, Reverend and DJ Cherish the Love, and you are listening to Wedding Cake on Heritage Radio Network. Before I forget, let me tell you how to reach out to me and get my attention on social media, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, at DJ Cherish the Love, that is love spelled L-U-V, and hashtag using wedding cake, all one word, and heritage underscore radio. You can also hashtag RevLove. So welcome to Wedding Cake. For those who might just be listening for the first time, this show, Wedding Cake, is a sweet revenge on my own wedding day years ago when I didn't get to have cake when I eloped in Vegas. So that marriage didn't work out, but I still love weddings. I love DJing them. I love writing the ceremonies and officiating them. I even love coordinating the surprise marriage proposals around New York City. So go to my website, DJ Cherish the Love. That's love spelled L-U-V. Reach out to me if you are planning on popping the question. I can coach you, and together we can make it epic. And the best part of the show, every week we get to eat wedding cake on air. And because I'm not bitter and I love love, I decided I should have my cake every week and eat it too. So if you need a DJ for your wedding or want me to officiate and write your ceremony, hit me up and check out our previous episodes in Wedding Cake on iTunes and Stitcher. So I can't believe we're knee deep into season two. So many fun episodes have been happening so fast. They're just zipping by. I'm eating so much cake. Sharing it too. I'm not eating it all. Trust me. <laughs> Imagine. And we've given lots of great advice with mouthfuls of cake. So be sure to tune in and subscribe on iTunes and find the previous shows on Stitcher and HeritageRadioNetwork.org. So speaking of DJing, I am Whole Foods New York City's official DJ. So come hang and eat and listen to my select tunes every first Tuesday of every month, 6 to 8 p.m. Bryant Park, New York City. I hope to see you at the next one, December 5th, 6 to 8 p.m. Again, Whole Foods, Bryant Park, New York City. I'm also DJing for Food Network, New York Wine and Food Festival for Chef Ann Burrell. So get your tickets for tomorrow. Friday, October 13th, if you want to hear me rock a crowd with a rockin' all-women set, go to www.nycwff.org. <clears throat> Excuse me. You can also find me as resident DJ at New York City's coolest, hottest new bar, lounge, restaurant in the West Village Urban Vegan Kitchen. I am there Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, and Saturdays, unless I have another gig like Food Network. <laughs> So I'll be spinning classics and unsigned and indie artists and stuff before 1995. So please send me your tracks and I'll put it out there in the world. Send to DJ Cherish the Love, love spelled L-U-V at gmail.com. And lastly, throughout the entire month of October, you can find me up on the main billboard in Times Square underneath the New Year's Eve ball drop. 
Pfizer has made me their DJ spokesperson for surviving cancer through creativity and music. So please look up if you're in Times Square. You'll see me pop up every two minutes. Uh, I think it's after pistachios and palm drinks, if I remember right. And uh, we've launched an app called Living With that is so wonderful, and it helps cancer patients get the support and inspiration and organization they need. You'll find it in the app store called Living With. So for more info on that, you can follow me on Instagram at DJ Cherish the Love, L-U-V. So you might also remember my voice from my previous show in Heritage Radio Network called Primary Food. It hasn't gone away. It still very much lives. So search for it on iTunes and Stitcher because there are many, many gems about life, creativity, and my healing from cancer. And I'll be back on the primary food. But since we're still in the autumn wedding season, I figured we should all have cake and talk about love. So listeners, please listen up. You can call in live right now, 718-497-2128. 718-497-2128. This show, Wedding Cake, is produced by Heritage Radio Network, a nonprofit member-supported radio station devoted to all things food. So help keep Heritage Radio Network alive by becoming a member today. Go to heritageradionetwork.org and click on the beating heart to donate. You can do it now. You can do it while you're listening and do it while we're eating cake and I'll love you forever. So again, you can call in live 718-497-2128 to join me and hello. We've got Rose back today. Uh, This is, this episode is McAdoo part two, which I love. I love that. (laughs) I, I was like, this is perfect. It's obvious. (laughs) Rose McAdoo, founder of Whisk Me Away Cakes, using desserts to drive global change. Yes, that's right. Your wedding cake can have a lot more meaning and a lot more purpose behind just the pretty pictures. And that's why I have you back to feed us more cake talking goodness. But this episode is about veggies. Veggies. What? I know. What a a vegetable based wedding cake. You need to tell us about this. So veggies in your cakes, you know, uh, we think traditionally of wedding cakes being super, super sweet and you're introducing the thought of veggies going into it. That's still a sweet cake, right? Totally. Yeah. Totally. Okay. So tell us about this because <laughs> when you mentioned that to me, I said, what's this girl talking about? <laughs> so, uh, I think we actually touched on it a little bit last week too, but in, uh, 2015, I was a farm apprentice at Brooklyn Grange which meant that I got a gigantic CSA share of vegetables oh, to take nice. home all the time, yes. um, which I'm really missing Heavenly. this year as I've been more in the kitchen and less on the farm. But um, but that year I just had this overabundance of food and a lot of it was, I wasn't getting around too fast enough. And so it just became kind of out of necessity to a point I was like, oh, I'll just there's got to be something else I can do with all of this. And oh, so it. it kind of started migrating into my my other world, which was all pastry and, and desserts. Now, do you look at things and you're like, how can I turn this into sweetness? Oh, totally. <laughs> we'd, be, we'd be like drinking coffee on the farm for sunrise harvest on Thursday and like harvesting all of the, the rainbow chard and be like, this can totally be a dessert. Oh my this gosh, totally. I would never, I would never even think of that. I, I love this quote on your site. Whisk me away cakes are more than simple sweet confections. They're about merging culinary traditions and crafting a shared cultural language. You are a dessert diplomat, my friend. <laughs> that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful statement. <laughs> <laughs> it is. So tell us about this wonderful pink 
pretty cake so you've made for this us? one it was kind of an ex- i'm experimenting on you i hope that's oh okay. yes <laughs> a cake eating guinea pig is yes i'll take it i know it's my that's my favorite um so typically this we have a bright green cake sitting in front of us and typically that would be a kale base um but today i used the leaves of rainbow chard and wow. it actually is a lot more moist and delicious i think the uh, Chard in general is more moist and less fibrous than kale, so it makes sense once I thought about it. I love that. Yeah, and then um, in between and on top is a kind of pale orange buttercream, and that has mixed into it some tomato caramel. And that's why it's pink? Yeah. And speckled? Yeah. Like, let me describe this cake. It's it's just the perfect size for me. It's, it's an individual cake. It's right? an individual cake. <laughs> okay, maybe not. It's a little Generous bit bigger than that. Generous of you to share. <laughs> But that's, that's unnecessary. That's right. And it's pink and speckled. And you can see I'll post a picture on Instagram. Uh, I just think you need to cut into that right now. Right now? Yeah. Oh, so again, tell, you know, tell me why you chose these flavors in particular. And I think it's, it's so interesting because it's not your typical, you know, lemon chiffon cake. And this would be a wonderful wedding cake, I think. So she's cutting into your, oh my goodness, surprise, surprise, it's green inside. I love this. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Okay. That is adorable. I'm going to take pictures and post because people listening, you cannot see this. You can think about it. (laughs) So why did you choose chart again? Um, Well, this one again was just an experiment. Um, But it's important to me to kind of the whole basis of Whisk Me Away Cakes is to use desserts to say something. Um, Whether that's bringing people together from around the world or um, whether that's kind of featuring desserts in a fun new way. Yeah, uh, like this. Yeah, and kind of messing with food waste a little bit too. Um, In the United States, we waste 30 to 40% of all of our food. And that blew my mind to learn. Wow, hold on. Let's talk about that for a sec because that makes me a little bit sad. Yeah. So food waste. Food waste. Uh, is perfectly good eatable food. Yeah. And it could be not consumed for any reason. Like maybe it wasn't properly refrigerated. Maybe it shrunk over time. Maybe. Or it didn't look perfect. It didn't look perfect. Right. right? Uh, that, by the way, ugly food is perfect for baking with. Cause Let's you're just talk about carrots. It cake anyway. Carrots. So our idea of a perfect carrot is that single perfect straight perfect carrot. Right. But actual organic carrots are all kinds of wacky shapes. Yeah. Straight and ones don't even, they don't even taste good. Those oh, pretty so show true. carrots. The pretty show carrots. <laughs> they're, they're dumb. <laughs> this, this, this is a pretty show carrot. It's we nothing want, more. No, we want those gnarly rooted ones that are all twisted up Absolutely. in each other. They, I find so them to much be better. sweeter and more, well, they just seem real. Yeah. Oh, and they have a lot more flavor to play with too. So, you know, but do vegetables taste good in desserts? I think I'm probably... Somebody's got to be wondering that listening to this. It's like a vegetable in the dessert because aren't they just like so much fiber? Yeah, I only make disgusting, disgusting things. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully everyone will hate. Um, no, they actually taste so good. And this is something that I really was not even sure was going to work um, when I started kind of playing around. But I kind of kept becoming very surprised as how everything was coming out. And so I did some research and I found out that a lot of, um, well, first of all, all vegetables have sucrose and glucose, which are the, the two sugars naturally found in other uh, foods and Even fruits. a non-sweet vegetable? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. They all have trace amounts okay. um, in whatever way. Um, 
so carrots, as since you were talking about them, they actually have the same amount of sugar as strawberries. No way. Naturally occurring, yeah. There's a lot of room to play there. Oh, wow. A lot of room to play. And like um, tomatoes, which I've actually been using the most for caramelizing this year, um, they don't have much sugar at all, but they have just enough to, you know, stick to a pan and brown and, and become sweeter. Um, obviously, if you throw a little sugar in there, it helps too, but they have, uh, vegetables have sugar naturally occurring in them. I didn't know that actually. Yeah. I just kind of thought they were completely devoid of sugar and that's why they tasted like vegetables. So healthy and delicious. <laughs> um, I, I thought so too, actually. And so it was as I was playing around that I started looking into it. Now, in, in all the traveling you've been doing, do you see vegetables being used as sweets? I have. There's actually, I would say we're the culture that uses the, le- uh, the, the fewest least. amount. Yeah, uh-huh. the least. Thank you. <laughs> I drank a ton of coffee right before this show. <laughs> um in the Philippines, they use a lot of ube, which is like a purple potato. That's all over the place there. Oh, yeah. I know um, about that. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Uh, lots of Asian desserts will use black bean and red beans for fillings or on ice cream. Um, there's also this kind of rice ball in broth that is very popular as a dessert. And that is typically dyed hot pink. Um, I have no idea why. But traditionally, <laughs> these little rice balls are dyed hot pink and they're soaked in a lemon syrup. And so I did a twist on that for a Korean barbecue dinner at the farm this year and um, oh, wow. did a bunch of, uh, took a bunch of beets and dehydrated them and made them into powder and used that as the coloring agent. And then uh, I want to talk about edible weeds too at a certain oh, point. Yeah, I, I will totally ask you about that. Okay, cool. Let me make a note. And <laughs> ask about edible I'm going to ask about edible weeds. Um, so on yeah. your site, food is powerful, desserts are your passion. You have st- we have stories to tell, and we have changed to see. So tell me how you use foods again to create change. I think it's by starting conversations. So specifically through vegetables, this summer, um, Whisk Me Away Cakes was the exclusive dessert partner for Brooklyn Grange's Butcher Paper Dinner Series, which meant that I had a captive audience of 60 to 75 people who had purchased a ticket to come to this dinner and had to eat whatever dessert was provided. There was no other option. (laughs) And so it was the perfect space to play and experiment and get feedback. Um, And that was really fun. And so it was uh, a really playful space to introduce um, like candied rainbow chard stocks and kind of like spicy hot pepper chocolate cakes. Oh, wow. I love that. Yeah. It was just really freeing, actually. I knew that whatever I made could be, I could receive instant feedback. And It sounds uh, so creative. It was, yeah. Uh, There was a couple flops, I think. (laughs) What were the flops? (laughs) Let me know what the flops were. The biggest flop was this eggplant jam that I'm still trying to figure out. Eggplant's hard because it takes the flavor of anything. um, And a big focus of Whisk Me Away Cakes and using vegetables in dessert is that I really want to feature the flavors of the vegetables. I don't want it to hide. Um, like I, don't, I don't want it to be, oh, surprise, surprise, there's there's black beans in your brownies, but you didn't know. Like That's <laughs> the opposite of what I want. I want you to taste the vegetables. I want those to be showcased. I want that to be the, the focal point. Um, what is your process for, for developing... Well, what's your creative process, yeah, for developing like a vegetable-based dessert? Do you just taste all the things and use your imagination or do you do you have like some kind of plan or a scheme Mm, my my goal is always to 
A, initially freaked people out. I really <laughs> like shock factor, right? So like I want... Like I felt when, I, when exactly. you put this. I, I want love people... This. Like, oh, kale cake or tomato caramel or eggplant jam, whatever it is. I, I want that question to be there because then you have a captive audience. You have a place to say something or to, to explore an idea. Um, and then from there, I... I tend to pick something that I might find a little challenging because then it demands that I actually focus and work hard on it. You like a challenge. Yeah. And then uh, there's an amazing book called The Flavor Bible. And the, okay. Who's I'm, that by? Do you remember? It's by, it's co-authored and I can't remember either of their names, we'll look of it up. course. The Flavor Bible. We'll come back to okay. that. We'll yes. come back to that. Uh, but it's like absolutely my Bible. You can look up any ingredient in it at all and it gives you like, you know, 15 to 25 pairings that would go really well. And so oh, that's wow. been a really cool jumping off Is that off how point. you sort of start to decide what will taste good? Yeah, it definitely gives me a lot of room to play. And they're mostly savory pairings, um, but that can all translate really well into desserts. Amazing. So yeah. I'm actually going to take my first bite of this little Do green it. cake with pink icing. There's also some... Oh my gosh, it's adorable. Some candied rainbow chard oh, sugar on top. Too. Wow. Okay, wait. We need to take a music break. <laughs> Got to eat more cake. I want to eat cake. Too. I'm going to call it a cake eating break. Yeah, no. it is. We'll be back in a minute. This episode is brought to you by Castor and Pollux, maker of America's number one organic pet food, Organics. You put a lot of care and thought into what you eat. After all, you're a food radio listener. That thoughtfulness goes hand in paw with how you feed your pets. Purposeful pet food doesn't happen by accident. Castor and Pollux scours the earth to carefully select the best organic and responsibly sourced ingredients. New Pristine from Castor and Pollux is the only complete line of pet food made with ingredients that are responsibly raised, caught, or grown. Feed your dog or cat the new standard, like grass-fed beef, wild-caught fish, and vegetables grown without synthetic fertilizers or chemical pesticides. Pristine from Castor and Pollux. Purposeful pet food. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org pets. Oh, wow. This cake is so wonderful. And we just put the candied rainbow chard on top of it. You had to, you know, I'm going to take a ton of pictures of this and post this because just visually and the textures, it's so excellent. Thank you. It's so, so wonderful. I need to take more cake breaks. That was... <laughs> I've... That is Everyone. My, life. my life is a giant cake <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Break. Thank you, David. Everybody you. needs to take more cake breaks. <laughs> I love that. I actually need to take less cake breaks. <laughs> If we're being well, honest. I'll take I'll take some of your cake breaks. <laughs> okay, we can, I'm we can, cake you know, all day. It's a problem. We can, we can, we can equalize okay. this. <laughs> it's not okay. <laughs> well, that's an interesting thought. Like, so if you work making cakes all the time, like, do you ever get like fatigued from cakes in front of you? No, that is the problem. Oh, that's the problem. Yeah, no, it's just, <laughs> it's an actual issue. This oh. is my. This is fine. Oh, I love that. This, this is, is a social endeavor. This is a wonderful. Okay, so that was charred cake. 
Yes. Yeah, so that was the leaves of the chard um, torn up. I blanched them really quick, and then I just pureed them and added a added them in with my with my eggs to the creamed butter and sugar just awesome classic cake recipe what are some different ways to incorporate vegetables into desserts aside you know cake and more um like all i'm just gonna list off i want to hear it all okay cool. you know like just blow our minds with the potential all right um well first of all vegetables and dessert is not a stretch like the idea is not crazy we use cornmeal uh, sure, yeah. In tons of desserts, carrot cake, obviously the most classic oh, right. yeah, overmade vegetable yeah. dessert ever, um, but delicious. Or zucchini bread with chocolate chips. Like, this is just a launching point for creativity and um, conversation. And it's just been really fun to try it in new different ways. And I love so, it. I love it. Yeah. And so, I've blended, as I was saying with this chard cake, actually, that's a good example, um, blended vegetables into a base and added that into cake. Um, I've taken the waste from juicing. We have a really funky little juice bar uh, near my apartment in Bed-Stuy. And so I visit them a lot and take all their like pulp from what they've Wait juiced. Wait a second. Yeah, they just give it away for free. I could do that. Yeah. No, they're happy to give it to you. It's They're like, yeah. So the, they, that, they'll think you're really weird that you want it, though. <laughs> <laughs> that pulp byproduct is exactly like what you need to make the... Okay. And that's like juicing is one of the most wasteful... Uh, food products like it's ridiculous because the majority of what they're actually producing is just wasted so if you're taking that and then you can dry it you can powder it you can use it for natural food dye or you can blend that in and mix it into i never thought about that and i juice yeah and I do, th- you know, compost or throw the stuff away. Composting, I'm a big fan of, yeah. if you remember from last yeah. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That definitely. is awesome. Definitely yeah. compost. Um, but yeah, otherwise, throw all that stuff into, like, your whatever, breakfast muffins. That's an easy thing to do. I just love that so much. Yeah, it's easy. And then uh, there's also some kind of more funky and fun ways to play around. You can juice vegetables and use that liquid to make, like, a Swiss meringue buttercream or a curd. Um a lot of, like I, like I was saying, a lot of vegetables caramelize really nicely. So you can make a caramel. You can, like, with my tomato caramel, I also add in tomato paste at the end. So I use tomato juice to, um, so I take tomato juice and sugar, caramelize that classically, and then add in some, like, butter or cream or whatever I'm kind of feeling for consistency. And then add in tomato paste at the end for just a super, like, dark red color and rich love tomato it. taste. I love it. Um, yeah, you can mix paste into like custards or caramels or you can make jam with um, vegetables if you just treat them like berries what are what are some of your favorite vegetable based desserts that you've made oh favorites um there's so many i know there's There's so many many. how do you choose a favorite oh actually so i have a cake coming out in new york magazine's wedding issue this oh that's month. no big deal uh, i know i'm so excited <laughs> <laughs> i was trying to say that like very casually but i can't, yeah I can't. I, i'm not gonna keep that casual I'm really excited let's say that one more time you have a cake in this month's new york magazine weddings issue in the weddings issue yeah. that's a big deal i know really. and i was like you know what it's gonna have vegetables in it oh yes i'm not gonna do lemon javon whatever um so it's oh, nice a bright fuchsia pink beet cake with these nice. bright orange carrot caramel drips Girl, coming it's out the real deal of the I'm wedding cakes kind of I, or i'm gonna be the real weird one <laughs> <laughs> i don't care it's no, going to be I so beautiful. Yeah, keep talking about um, that cake. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it was just, it's, it's so beautiful, super colorful. Um, 
I also added in like a uh, carrot jam. So I made essentially oh. like a carrot marmalade, um, which was really good. We did uh, like a ground cherry. Are you familiar with ground cherries? Yes. Yes. Okay. So they're the orange ones, right? Yeah. They're, they're uh-huh. like kind of a yellowish orange. They're related to tomatillo. Are those the ones that have the wrap or the paper wrap yeah, around it? Exactly. Okay. And paper. they fall to the ground. <laughs> Leaf wrap. I guess I they're say. exactly like paper. <laughs> um, and they fall to the ground when they're ripe. And then you just crawl under the plants and pull those all out um and so i've done a like a ground cherry and goat cheese tart with this really beautiful basil sugar over the top you can also just blend up herbs with sugar um, and just dry it out and it's gorgeous color and really flavorful I just, I just love that so much. And this cake, I love so much, actually. I think I need to take another cake eating break. I forgot to mention that song uh, that I played earlier. It's called Don't Marry Mermaids. They'll Always Miss the Sea. That's by Mamarazzi. This song, Daphne and Apollo by our beloved Odetta Hartman. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Shameful. <laughs> Inhaling cake like Not the people me, at this fine. window here. Like, There's no judgment in this. Shoving that cake in her face. Cabin radio room. Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, Rose, is there any vegetable that you've decided, decided <laughs> absolutely cannot and should not become a delicious dessert? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Where you're like, no, no, this no. This is done. No, actually, bitter not melon. yet. Bitter oh, melon. bitter melon. Because it has that, I don't know if it's tannins or what, it's just that, that got that mouth feel yeah well here's another one that's my challenge for you bitter melon okay i will take that challenge and i'm gonna bring you more cake or something i'm gonna make you eat it (laughs) it's gonna be awesome um i actually just found a recipe for durian cheesecake you know durian like the fruit that is so god-awful to smell that they don't let it on public bus systems in southeast asia okay can we talk about durian for a minute let's talk about it i am of philippine descent and i was so curious i'm i'm supposed to like it yeah, and it How do you is feel about so. It? I'm so sorry if I'm offending anyone. <laughs> it is so repulsive. I can't. I've tasted it so many times, thinking that maybe my taste buds just have to mature, grow up. Sure, yeah. Like, like the way it was for beets when I was a kid. I hated beets. Yeah, my mom has not grown out of that. It's the bane of my existence. <laughs> I love beets so much. Dorian, oh my god! Every time I just like crack that thing open, and it's like a spiny creature. It is so crazy smelling. Oh, it is the craziest looking, craziest smelling. Let me tell you, when I was in Hong Kong a few years ago, there was a sign in the hotel: "No durian allowed." <laughs> 
Um, no, I'm serious. No, I believe you. I really do. And you, you eat it. So supposedly, if you eat it, you know, as cold as possible, close to almost freezing, people are eating it. They're like, mm, it's like ice cream. <laughs> but to me, it's like onion ice cream. It's like garlic. Like garlic, weird, onion, garbage. I yeah, don't know. garlic that's gone bad. When you first tasted it, what did you think? I would never want a durian well, cake, actually, but someone out there, I'm sure, is drooling at that idea. So the first time I ever had durian was at a backyard party in Bushwick. Um, That's random. Yes, it was <laughs> random. I used to work at Mass Brothers Chocolate. That's why I moved here. And uh, way back when, the chocolate crew was a very, very tight-knit family. And so we were all hanging out. And uh, one of our friends put durian on a bunch of Ritz crackers and then carried it around on a tray and told no. people it was a fancy cheese uh, oh, and got all these people to eat durian and be like, oh, it's really good. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. So that was my first experience with durian. I was part of the serving crew. I was did not you part like of the, it? Yeah. You know, oh, you I'm, liked it. Okay. I'm down. It's. I don't think it's amazing, but it doesn't. <laughs> I don't think it offends me in the way it offends your Hong Kong hotel owners. I think you're the first person I have ever met who was in between either loving it so much or hating it so much. You're like, I'm down. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm down. Yeah, I feel fine. It is. I'm not so, going to seek it out. If you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm not about to seek it out either. However, I will try it again because I'm so curious to see if if I start to like it at some point because that's how I was with uni. Oh, yeah. Uni is crazy, too. Uni is kind of like, it's reminds like me of Dorian almost. Yeah. It tasted really incredibly horrible the first several times I had it. Then one day in my late 20s, I was like, this is amazing. That's a, I think you have to just keep trying food over and over and over. Well, like, unless it's poison. <laughs> or, unless, like, yes, that oh, would be it. I don't know why. This is killing me a little bit. Sure, yes, I keep you trying should it? stop at that point. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so Durian, anything else that you think is, like, absolutely mm, questionable for a dessert world? Well, first of all, I'm going to try that Durian cheesecake recipe. I'm very curious. I will bring some to you. Okay. Um, all right, I will try it because you made it. Yes, we will see what happens there. No, I actually have not found a single thing that I, like, that does not work in dessert so far like there is always some way to incorporate something yeah um eggplant is really just giving me the hardest problem right now so that's if anyone has any ideas hit yeah. me up at exactly. whisk me away cakes i could use your advice that's right what's your what's your instagram uh it's at whisk me away cakes on instagram and then my website is whisk me away cakes.com the sweet vegetable queen do you do you know any vegetable fun facts that you could share uh yes i do <laughs> <laughs> like you must have some fun facts. I will tell you, drunk people do not care about vegetable fun facts. I've tried to bust them out <laughs> at parties and no one's interested. Um, so hopefully this is the right place for them. Uh, radishes, fun fact, radishes were paid as wages to ancient Egyptian pyramid builders. Oh my god, that's such a ripoff. I know. You're you're like I mean I'm a, I'm a radish lover, but <laughs> if I got that as payment for building I'll a be, pyramid, I would be livid. I'd walk <laughs> off. In my ball and chain. Like, whatever, I'm out of here. Oh, that's awful. (laughs) Um, And you know how there's that big debate about, like, whether a tomato is a fruit or a vegetable? Okay, I I think of it as a a vegetable, obviously, but I was told it's a fruit, so... Exactly. So any, uh, like, seed-bearing thing that comes from plant, flowering plant, is a fruit. So a tomato is botanically a fruit. However, in the late 1800s, the Supreme Court, like this case went all the way up to the Supreme Court of whether a tomato was to be taxed or not, because vegetables were taxed coming in. 
oh. and fruits were not. And so there were so many tomatoes getting imported into the United States that the Supreme Court decided excuse me, <laughs> decided that for taxation purposes, tomatoes were to be labeled a vegetable. So they're sold in the vegetable oh, section. Controversy. Yeah, I know. Very scandalous, those tomatoes. That is very, very scandalous. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to look at them and think think very differently from now on. <laughs> I find these things fascinating. <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully other people also care about vegetables. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier weeds. Yes. So are you... Are you cooking with weeds? Like, are you foraging, first of all? Yeah. So, first of all, when I get to the farm uh, at Brooklyn Grange and I need to garnish my desserts, I grab a pair of scissors and I kneel down in the walkways and harvest whatever weeds are growing. Um, And they have really cool different characteristics. They have really cool flavors. They're really beautiful. Some of them flower. Um, So, like, purslane is a favorite. It's got this um, kind of, like, succulent vibe to it. So the leaves are very thick and they're very, like, um, like they hold a lot of water in them. And so they're a nice, like, crispy, juicy bite in a dessert. Uh, But my favorite edible weed is actually wood sorrel, which it has, like, these little heart-shaped leaves. It's very sweet. It's very delicate, um, kind of clover-ish. And it has these really beautiful yellow little tiny blossoms and it is so incredibly sour oh wow it is straight lemon Uh, oh wow yeah and so it's a really cool garnish it's a fun thing to play with and it just grows rampant like we can't we can't pull the weeds fast enough on the farm why why are we so averse to eating weeds is it just because they're called weeds and we're just like it's just because we call them plants they're They're plants beautiful because the second you said weeds i I thought like dirty evil plants yeah right (laughs) We'll talk about dandelions. They're like they're the most outcast plant in the world. Everyone hates dandelions except for little kids who like to like blow the the seeds off. But um, dandelions. I mean, the common dandelion. You can add the leaves and flowers raw to salads. Like the the yellow flowers are super edible. Uh, you can saute the leaves and eat them. You can make dandelion wine or jelly out of the blossoms. You can use oh, the wow. roots actually to make like this weird coffee substitute, which I've never done, but I've heard about it. Like that in one plant, you can do so much with that. And we I just think we've gotten really far away from that. I would love for you to try to make a dandelion dessert. I will definitely do that. With the leaves and all. Yes. That would be so incredibly beautiful because I have had... I've worked with wedding couples and they, they like just love the color yellow. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, yellow about, is super trendy right yeah, now. Yeah, what about what about a dandelion cake? Because that's so doable. All right. And let's, marigold, let's you, marigold, marigold petals also. also are super, they're super edible. <laughs> no, they're just edible. Um, yeah, there's a lot you can do with edible blossoms and weeds and just, I mean, none of this stuff should be wasted ever. No, that's true. So you're making me think twice about weeds also about the the byproduct of my juicing and how I can use that for for cakes and everything else. So many good things. Yeah. Ice cream, too. I, oh, God. <laughs> we have to start ice cream at the end of the episode. I, I know. Seriously. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so, you, you know, you were, we were talking about how you use your desserts to drive global change. And do you feel like because it's sweet that we, we will sit around and talk and enjoy more? Is that like sweetness is a factor in like good communication? Do you feel like that? I think it just opens up a different space for communication. Like, um, I think that different conversations tend to happen over the dinner table than over dessert. Um, and it's 
again, like we touched on this briefly last week too, but it's just, it's naturally celebratory. Right. Um, and it's a really fun space. Yeah. Cause this past weekend I DJed a wedding in Poughkeepsie. Ooh, where at? In Poughkeepsie. It was at Locust Grove. It was so wonderful. Oh. Just so wonderful. And when I made the announcement for dinner, it was like one vibe. And the second I said dessert was being served, it's like the party started. Yeah, totally. That is the party. <laughs> so I think if you even just talk about sweets, like our brain lights up. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know anything about why our, our brains love sugar so much or, or just like? Because it is actually a drug. <laughs> I, I'm serious. There's so many fascinating films and articles and I mean, it's, it stresses me out because I work with it all the time and I definitely have a sugar addiction, but it, um, yeah, it hits the same spots in our brain that any addictive substance will. Yeah. The happiness stuff, but it has to taste good too. It does. It does. And I think there is a thing is too sweet, which is why vegetable desserts are a nice balance. I think like it's not a powdered sugar and milk, super I, sweet that's American That's what I love about cream. that. That's, yeah. that's why I love this green cake. I mean, it, it's, Me too. it's so special. Do you have other vegetable, vegetable sweets that you're planning in the near distant, spe- near distant future? I Swiss chard in my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep eating cake. You'll be fine. Um, at this point, I want to start playing with a lot of vegetable ice creams. And I also want to oh, start, wow. I want to figure out some sort of like pickling, like pickled dessert also. Um, those are kind of my immediate winter dessert plan. A pickled dessert, yeah. though? Yeah. That doesn't sound like it would be sweet, though. Well, well you could. Me. You can pickle with sugar as well. Like, you need sugar in a pickling s- liquid. So depending on how you incorporated that. Again, I don't know how that's going to happen mm-hmm. yet. Oh, well, there are bread, my... and, bread and butter pickles. Totally. They're definitely sweet. Yeah. So, And I want to figure out that eggplant jam. That is driving me it's driving you crazy (laughs) (laughs) like this has to taste like eggplant i want it to taste like eggplant now you mentioned though vegetable ice cream yeah like tell me about that because that sounds like something i would love psychologically i feel like this is the healthier ice cream. oh it totally (laughs) because by the way this cake that you made as i'm eating it i'm like this is my salad oh it's it has a ton (laughs) of chart in that one chart in this there's an entire bundle of chart in that one half like one pan of six inch cake See, it's my salad. There's a huge bundle. It comes with a lot of other stuff, but it's my salad. I mean, that's how it's so green. There's and it's delicious. I love and it. Sweet and dessert-y. so I- ice creams. Ice cream would look like my favorite ice cream is corn ice cream, and that is not anything unique. I've had it many places. Really good with cinnamon on it. Um, right. But I also really love like swirling caramels in, obviously, to ice cream, and so you can do tomato caramels or beet caramel. Um, I love that yeah, so much. I'm making a wedding cake for uh, the co-founder of the farm this actually next weekend. And so I'm going to this week be playing with a bunch of different colorful vegetable focused caramels that can be just dripping down her, her naked wow. cake. It's going to be really beautiful and delicious. How much tomato do you need to add into a caramel to make it tomato flavored? So the whole thing is like, it starts with tomato juice. Um, of course. Yeah. So it just depends on the size of the batch, but the only ingredients are fresh tomato juice, sugar, and then maybe some butter, which you could also do a compound butter. Compound butters are a really fun way to incorporate stuff also because you can do... What is that? Oh, so a compound butter is anything that you want to mix into your butter and then you let it harden. Oh, of course. Of and course. so then it's flavored or colored I'm or whatever. I'm not savvy with the Sorry. chef terms. <laughs> um, neither am I. Just eat a lot of cake. Um 
So you can also add a compound butter into your caramel. And then again, like that tomato paste at the end is the game changer or carrot paste or whatever vegetable caramel you want to make. And they're so beautifully colored. Like that is the other really fun part. I made a, so for my, our last event of the season at Brooklyn Grange this year, I wanted the entire harvest to be in one cake. That was my goal. Oh my gosh. And I was like, I don't even, (gasps) I don't even know if this will work or taste good, but that's what I'm going to do. And it came out so beautiful. It was just a giant rainbow. Like we had kale cake mixed with this weird dense carrot juice pound cake that was bright orange. So the bright green from the kale, um, alternating with the orange of the carrot and then, um, like a spiced red pepper buttercream. So that was like a dark orange color and then a bright red tomato caramel, and then a hot pink beet buttercream. All of it. All of that sounds so amazing. If you need a wedding cake that is that much more special, like totally reach out to Rose. Rose, how do people find you? <laughs> um, so go to Instagram, follow me at Whisk Me Away Cakes. And whisk Me Away. Whisk Me Away. Um, and my website is at whiskmeawaycakes.com. And please reach out. I also have a coffee with a stranger uh, policy, and I try and meet a stranger <laughs> once a week. It usually doesn't happen quite so often. Coffee but that's with my a stranger. Goal. Yeah, I and love I've that. met a really, really, really good group of people in New York that way. So please, please reach out. She's saying reach out. McAdoo part two. McAdoo part Any, two. Any uh, closing thoughts on the cakes and the veggies and weddings and so on? And congrats, by the way, on that issue. Oh, thank you. That's fantastic. Thank you, thank New York just, Magazine cake section. Uh, Look for Rose. I'm just happy to be here a second week. Thanks for hanging out with me two weeks in a row and talking <laughs> about all of the ways that dessert can make an impact in the world. I really appreciate it. Oh, my gosh. You're wonderful. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Again, Rose, thank you for being here thank for you, part thank two. You. Um, I'm going to end the show again with Jordan Knox. She's going to be uh, our theme song for the season. This song is called The One. This show, Wedding Cake, is produced by Heritage Radio Network, a nonprofit member supported radio station devoted to all things food. Help keep Heritage Radio Network alive by becoming a member today. Go to heritageradionetwork.org and click on the beating heart to donate. Do it now and come back for another slice of wedding cake. Is it a dream that I'm here with you? I've been wanting this since I could think that old love's done. It's in my rear view. A love like this makes life make sense. Can we be happy till life's complete? A love that never ceases in time. A love that only true love can find. My heart, my baby, baby, my keys, my everything. My nothing even matters. I'm coming home to my queen. Tears in my eyes as you walk down the aisle. A love that won't hide. A love that makes the room shut up. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? 
rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.